Hello and welcome back to the Football Chat Podcast. Today it's episode 148 and we're here discussing Premier League referees once again. Why do they keep talking? It's not a monthly tradition. I know. They keep making errors and this week we've got the even more tasty edition of Mike Dean's comments. No, he's not even a... He's retired. No, no. Like <laughs> still cause chaos. But yeah, it's been a really interesting week to see it all unfold, see people's reactions to it. We're going to discuss our thoughts on his comments because... I think they have been slightly blown out of proportion. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Clearly, there's, there's a massive I mean, problem. Yeah. But... To be fair, he did say himself that he, that he thinks they've been blown out of proportion. I think they have slightly. Of course he did. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I did nothing wrong. Do. Yeah, exactly. But, but yeah. It, it's kind of you know six of one, half dozen of the other. Mm. But it's they're they're interesting to say the least. They are. Shall we get? Shall we start with the comments then? So his first bit of his is on Simon Jordan's uh, podcast thing. Yeah. Uh, Simon Jordan's doing a lot. Is Simon Jordan? No. Simon Thomas. I can't remember. One of those two. Go check out their podcast for the full thing. But he basically said, I missed the stupid hair pull at Chelsea versus Tottenham, which was pathetic from my point of view. An interesting way to immediately put his opinion into it and try and nullify or play down the situation. I find it interesting because, like, does the referee look out of the picture and go, that was pathetic. That was pathetic. Well, when Richardson yeah. died, okay, that was pathetic. <laughs> But yeah, immediately trying to downplay the situation. He then goes on to say, it's one of them where if I had my time again, what would I do? Rhetorical question, we love those. I'd send Anthony to the screen. I think I knew if I did send him to the screen, he's cautioned both managers, he had a hell of a game, it's been such a tough game end to end. What is what on earth is he on about? He's a he's a wreck. <laughs> You've done a challenging Tottenham, which you know, yeah. historically is a very tough game to ref. You know, look Mark Clattenburg at the Battle of the Bridge, like that's a terrific referee. It's just, it's his job. It's a rivalry. Yeah. What was he expecting? He's a referee. He's yeah. trying to deal with that situation. Also, what are they going to do? Why can't they, what's he thinking content are going to do? Beat him up if he goes over there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll have him. <laughs> like, what? What's going to happen? Yeah, they might call him a white guy. They might shout him. They're not going like, to sort him out. <laughs> but anyway, he didn't send him over to the screen. He then said afterwards, I, sent, I said to Anthony afterwards, I just didn't want to send you to the screen after what has gone on in the game. I didn't want to send you. I didn't want to send him because he is a mate. This is the bit everyone's been loving, as well as a referee. And I think I didn't want to send him up because I didn't want him any more grief than he already had. Yeah, the mate. And then this is what because he touched on later on because he now he's on soccer Saturday because he just sits in the corner. And he's their little yeah. referee opinion, which little really no in the corner, but he's still there. I do like Mike Dave. I think he's a great bloke, but I think because he then went on to say that about how the, how the mate thing is all been you know kind of taken the wrong way and bloke because he, he then because what he was saying that you, the pit you, know, you might be mates some outside of refereeing but the five officials you're with so the linos the ref the fourth official the VAR and the assistant VAR they are your five mates for the for 90 minutes yeah is what he went on to say because obviously everyone kind of took it as well just but you know go best best buds with Anthony Taylor out on the lash every night which he clarified is he was just made for 90 minutes. Yeah. It's a bizarre one. The, the problem is, even if you are doing it to protect your mate, if anything, he's fucked him over more. Because after the yeah. game, Taylor got loads of abuse for not seeing the hair pull. If Mike Dana just said, well, there's been an obvious hair pull because Ramirez just <laughs> thrown someone yeah. to the floor in the box, then I don't think that would have been as much grief. But, yeah, I, I think it, it really shows a complete just disregard for the rules 
from the yeah. from the officials. And it's a real problem in the Premier League right now. It doesn't feel like there's any control. The refs just do whatever they want. But also, make it up as they go along. If Anthony Taylor hasn't got the bollocks to referee a derby because he might get shouted at or he might get a bit scared, <laughs> yeah. then why do you referee him? Because that's his job. He's yeah. getting mad. I, I find it. I find it bizarre. I know the game was an intense one, but. I don't think that's any reason just to throw the rule book out the window because you don't want to send your mate over to look at a screen. It is a really bizarre scenario because obviously the game was last year, was quite deep into yeah. last year. So it's been well, a start of last season, wasn't exactly. it? It's been a long time since that whole season. It was just very random for it to come up in a. I don't know. I, mean, I haven't watched the full no, I haven't podcast. Seen that. That's the thing. I think a lot of people haven't. Even we're, yeah. we're talking about it today and we haven't watched the full thing. So it's hard to make a complete judgment. But. It does feel like why would he? Why would he say that? That's no, over a year, and then and then obviously they bring it up on Saturday. Sat, I, I imagine he was asked about it because it's quite yeah. a blatant mistake where he was in charge of VAR. If anything, he's covering his own ass by saying, "Oh, I didn't. I protected Taylor." Yeah. But, you know, if maybe he missed it, maybe he didn't see it. Yeah. Like, Aaron, could be anything. They, like have, they have a nap in that VAR. I'm convinced they do. Yeah. yeah don't bother. But it really does show a fundamental failure from the referees, and I think PJ Well has a lot of explaining to do. Because at the moment, their their ref's reputation is in the mud. Because nobody trusts yeah. them. Nobody thinks they're actually competent, because they're not. <laughs> like There is but a big problem with refereeing in the Premier League right now. They don't help themselves. It's a really strange thing. Because like, they have, there's all this technology available. Yeah. Like, for example, the offside technology, where they get the AI to put up a massive on a wall, see-through wall, and they easily judge who's onside. Mm. Rather than get their little crosshairs out and draw the lines which are wonky. I think... It's it, the job isn't that difficult a job. You know the rules, apply them. Yeah. Like it's not you haven't got to arrest anyone. No one's going to attack you unless you're against Mitrovic, which case just you know keep looking over your shoulder, make sure you know where he is at all times. But I, I don't know. I don't know how you can be so incompetent yet still be at the highest level of your profession. It's because if they brought in the right technology, which clearly works, because they've used it in you know international competitions and you mm. know, other leagues in Europe use it. If they use the right technology, and didn't, and you know, it, that that automatically makes all the difficult decisions much easier. And then yeah. it's basically like it used to be a few years ago. They've just got with, to do the 50-50. With VAR, there is no excuse anymore. Mm. You know, you shouldn't miss anything. I don't know what I get. I I think my only justification for why there can be mistakes is that the rules are so ambiguous at times. Yeah. I think. Given that it's because there's there's a level of contact allowed in football, but there's not too much contact allowed in football, and the rules are so, you know, you can really make your own. <laughs> like yeah, they are yeah. so ambiguous. I don't know. I feel like maybe the rules need adjusting, but I don't know how you do that. I don't know what you write to make it easier. No. Because with things like tackles, it can be very close between a yellow, a red, and not a foul at all. And with penalties, it's how much contact did they go down a bit easily. It's impossible to judge. Maybe something like putting a device on all the players that you can measure force. I don't know. But something like that may well be able to... John Lundstrom's got a <laughs> No, but if you look at something like cricket, right, they have that ultra thing on the back, right? I don't know much. Ultra edge. Ultra it, edge. It basically just... That is, that's the thing. It is... And it, this comes down to the rules more than technology in football because you look at rugby... Their TMO is it TMO system? Yeah, is so smooth. I mean, obviously, I mean they've got all sorted over there. You know, don't know what they do. You know, you can hear the referees talk. Mm-hmm. You can hear the play. It's all brilliant. There's a level of respect to yeah. the officials. It feels like in the Prem, there is no respect for the officials because they're shite at their jobs. But also, like you wouldn't you wouldn't respect a policeman if he never did anything. He just 
kept making errors, arrested the wrong people all but the time. Football is, you, you mentioned rugby, you mentioned cricket. In those sports, you can hear the decision being made. Yeah. In cricket, you can hear the third umpire asking for all the different things he wants to look at and, you know, all the things, you know, telling what's, you know, speaking his mind. And, you know, in rugby, you can hear the yeah. referee, you can hear the, the off-field official, you can hear them all. In, in football, they put a thing on the screen and we just sit there and wait. And the bizarre thing is, why won't they show us the footage unless they've got something to cover up? Why wouldn't they yeah. just display those conversations? Like, it just makes them seem more dodgy. I don't want you to print out the obvious decisions afterwards. Like, yeah, when they yeah. go, inside look at what, yeah. you know, Tails and his mates get up to when they've got a decision to make. Just and it, uh, Yeah, and it's like someone's punched someone in the face. Well, obviously, yeah. that's a penalty then, isn't it, your genius? Well, he just smacked the ball into the ground. <laughs> so, uh, I, I suggest you... The right back just caught it. Yeah, I think that might be a red card. But it's, it is... It's it's so frustrating. They can make it so much easier for themselves. Yeah. Because realistically, the most difficult part of the job is probably the you know the abuse and the hounding you get for making the wrong decision. But I think don't make wrong decisions there. Also, if you get if you get the obvious ones right, if like if you're okay, maybe there's a few grounds like let's say Goodson Park, St Joe's Park. If you make a decision against those teams, you're going to get hounded mm-hmm. anyway because that's just how who they are. But if you're if you get even if you get a couple fifty fifties wrong. If you get the obvious decisions right, then you then you you know, the, the the abuse would drop. It would drop massively. Yeah. So you stop sending people off, or it's you know the inconsistencies as well. Like okay, we're going to touch on it in a I minute because we've got a good example. But like back in the day, you know, if you if the referee got a couple fifty fifties wrong, everyone would move on because mm-hmm. they wouldn't really get unless they made a had a howl of a decision. Like you know, thinking back to. Uh, whose red card is it for Chelsea against Arsenal in the FA Cup final back in like 2019 I'll say Pedro I think it's Community Shield final Community Shield final terrible decision but that was Taylor again it was Taylor again he likes doing that a lot I think it was Kovacic I can't remember I feel like he sent off a lot I think Pedro might have got sent off in the Community Shield final and then Kovacic got sent off basically Anthony Taylor not really good at his job when it comes to referee yeah as you say though the biggest issue is inconsistency and i can get that there may be a little bit of that because every referee will interpret the rules Mm. slightly differently but it's just these ones that are like so clear you know night and day decisions Mm. that give are given one way one week and then completely the next week should we move on to that then because manchester city got a penalty this weekend and we want to talk about it because it it greatly demonstrates what we're talking about so Sheffield United coming, sorry, advanced coming down the left hand side. Yeah. I think it was Phil Foden on the ball. No, it wasn't Phil. Alvarez. Alvarez on the ball. He crosses it, strikes the arm of the Sheffield United defender. Clear penalty. I don't think there's much debate about that. Yeah, no. He tries to cross the ball. It stopped with the arm. That's a pen. It, it's one of those John Egan. He, he was sliding in. His arms were up because yeah, you know, and you can't you can't do that. Unnatural position. No, stops yeah. the ball getting clear clear to goal. However, that you know, that, there's no problem there. There's no problem there. But you go to the weekend before Romero's handball against Manchester United. Why wasn't that given? And he just smacked the ball into Rose's head. Like, they it, were, they are slightly different situations, but they're both armed in an unnatural position the in the penalty you area. Strike, ball striking I think the, the where the ball was is different. But if you look at the actual both defenders, they both slid in at the ball, and the ball then went past them and struck their arm, which was flailing in the air. Yeah. And if Romero's one hadn't, if it hadn't struck his arm, United would have been in. Yeah. City's was a lot more obvious, but United still would have been in. So for me, that should have been a pen. It's but, bizarre. But again, it comes down yeah. to referees. You know, Jared, I think VAR didn't overturn either of the decisions. Jared Gillett yeah. in the Sheffield United City game looked at it on field and went, "Yeah, that struck his arm as a penalty." Mike Lolliver, yes, it was more in the mid- middle of the pitch. Maybe it was more congested, 
he didn't give it. And VAR went, okay, that's your just, you know. I, I, say, I, don't, I don't get how they looked at that. And went, Romero, literally, he's playing yeah. volleyball. And they've just gone, no, oh, never mind. I also don't get this whole thing of VAR only inter- intervenes if it's clear and obvious. Let the ref go and look at the screen. If there's any sort of doubt, let the ref go and have another look. Because it, it's the same as us. When we're watching on the TV, it's really to tell. On the field, it can be difficult. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to happening. I mean, we you always, may not be able to follow you, everything. When you, when you watch the game, you go, oh, is that but, a penalty? And you go, oh, I need to see a replay. And then when exactly. Skyler give you one, you're fuming. Because you're, you're like, well, that's clearly yeah. a pen. But they don't even give the ref that liberty. The VAR go, well, it's dubious enough that we won't give it. It's just but that. Even when they do that, they even when they do send the ref three, they make him stand on the field for two minutes while they have a chat between mm. themselves. And they go, do you want to go and look as well? We might as well. But there's just got to be a better way of doing it. But then equally, I find the decisions where nobody protests it, the VAR turn around and go, actually, just struck an arm there. But nobody protested that. I don't know if they should be given. So maybe there should be some sort of rule where the captain, maybe, or the manager can ha- choose to have something changed, like mm. checked by VAR. And then the ref goes over to the screen and then that whole system happens. Maybe they get, like like it ha- is in tennis, they get their reviews. Maybe they can do that. VR can still inter- intervene if there's moments where something happens and they want to, and they, they go, there's obviously something's happened. But if the ref, if the managers or the captains think something's dubious, they could call for a review, referee goes and has a look. Something like that would be much easier. And then, or Mac offsides. Why is that not a thing? The technology's literally there and they just go, now nah, we don't want it. Why? I don't want to watch Mike Dean try and draw lines for Temis and then fail. That, that doesn't solve anything. Just the, use the automatic offside system. The amount of times the lines have been drawn in the wrong place. Like, yeah. But, like, it would be so... The problem is, again, it can't ask you the whole rules things, but rugby, the rules are so black and white. It's you can do whatever you want unless you choke slam someone. Cricket, again, it's a review. You, you get you, The players get review systems. Or, you know, the captains or slash batsmen get review systems. Tennis, you get review systems. Where you know, people can ask for their review, but even in, in why don't they just go right? Play oh everyone's put their hands up right. VAR, let's have a look at that. And then okay, if there's something that could be contentious, they go right. Ref, stop the game. Come on, come on, look with us, and then we'll have a look at it together yeah. and we'll make a decision. Or they'll go, but mm. they're just cheating, so just play on. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't know any other sport where at the end of every year they have to change the rules so it actually makes some sense. Yeah. Like, the offside thing is so tight every time. Mm. It feels like, like, you know, you can get caught out by a nose. And they change it every year. Last year, it was different to this year. This year, it's like the, the arm of the sleeve, probably. Who mm. knows? Because they, they'll probably change it by next week. But it, it feels like they're so ambiguous, the rules. I don't know why they refuse to use the automatic offside technology. It is so simple. Mm. Does it yeah. for you? Just press a button. It does it for you. you go, where's the decision made? I do. I do agree with the notion of the 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 change that's been suggested by FIFA of the of, of the offside rule being the player has to be and um, you know can't be ahead of the defender. Yeah, the attacker can't be ahead of the defender. So even if, if they're now if they're level or you know any part of them is level, then it's not given offside. And obviously, well, they're, if they're, they're trying that the other side. It's somewhere in Scandinavia they're trying it. I think it might be Sweden. I thought it was Sweden, Germany, Italy, I've heard. Yeah. They're trying it out in a few different countries. So it's be interesting to see whether those tests... Because they would try out England, though, would it? <laughs> no, it's the, well, it's the most thing we... Leave. They'll try it out in other leagues and then bring mm. it to the Prem. But I just think that would make so much more sense because it's it's not then, oh, he was so close to being... Oh, sorry, it was, he got so much advantage, he was literally past the defender. Yeah. But if they're that close, I don't think a nose matters. No, it is. It's just there are so many things they could have. 
it feels like there are so many things that they could help themselves with and they just choose not to. Mm. And then wonder why they get barraged with... I mean, obviously abusing a referee is never, you know, never a right thing to do, but they're, you know, people do it because they're angry. And... It depends on the abuse. You want him a wanker. Who <laughs> get behind that? No. I, I, I don't know. It's a bit. It's a weird situation where they've just lost all respect because they've got no credibility anymore. They keep making errors yeah. that obviously they're not going to they're gonna get a reputation some, for being some, bad. I say some are worse than others. But it's, it's mental because we watched we watch the Serie A a bit last season yeah. and the officials are really good. They let the game run to a certain extent. The VAR decisions, they're quick, they're snappy. There's no weird moment where it's like, well, actually, this one was given last week, but not this week. Yeah, it just They just get on with it. That is also with the difference in the players because in the Premier League, if someone goes through you, the player will go down crying, scream and run around on the floor. In Italy, you get up and you go through them. You know, and then the referee goes, well, there you go, you've both gone through each other. Either on, either they book both the players or they just play on. In, you know, in football, it's just, in sort of the Premier League, that's it. It's not just football. It's not saying football isn't the problem. You know, you see Spain, mm. they use that automatic offside thing. Yeah. That decision in the Barcelona game was really easy because they went, well, there you go, let's put <laughs> hang, our hang on, yeah, it's, just, well, let AI do it because they're better than Mike Dean trying to draw diagonal lines. Stuart Atler's got to put some crosshairs on the screen just to put a wonky line in against the wrong match. Yeah, and then you watch it, it's like in the corner <laughs> flag and by the halfway line. Oh, yeah, obviously it's offside shit. Look at the line you've just drawn. Yeah. It's just, yeah. why is it so, Europe, like, other European guys make it so simple. The world makes it so simple, we just refuse to. Hmm. Even Scottish VAR is pretty decent. Yeah. And that's embarrassing. <laughs> we, we've got worse VAR in Scotland. But yeah, it's a, it's a weird situation. On other sort of refereeing mistakes this weekend, or well, controversial moments this weekend, the Van Dyke red card. I think this was a deserved card. As we said on stream, obviously we, yeah. we were streaming this on Sunday. For, I thank you everyone that joined us and watched, us, well, watched it live with us. But, I, yeah, I think that was a deserved card. Now, this is, this, is, well, this is a problem because for me, and I think for the consensus of people, that, I think for most people, I think the, it was the right decision. Yeah. No, it was the right decision. But because the rules are so loose, there are so many people saying, oh, I want red card. Mm. Oh, that, yeah, that weren't. Uh, I, weren't. I love listening to Jamie Carragher, Shea, um, Shea Given, and Andros Townsend discuss it because Carragher didn't want Van Dyke to get sent off. And yeah, but it's, it's just. But th- I think the thing that most people have a problem with is that if Matip was stood behind him, that's not even a yellow. That's a it's a free kick, but it's not even yeah, a yellow. I think that's the bit that you you have to understand is that it's the positioning of it. If happens, as I said, it, yeah. If that happens in the middle of the pitch, the ref would just give a foul. But because of the way well, Van Dyke like, does no, it, even if it happens there, but there's another man behind him, and it's not a, it's not counted as a clear denial of a goal scoring opportunity, then it's, it's not given as a, it's, it's not getting a card. You're not no, getting a card at all there. So just get a foul. I, I think it's, it's a weird rule. Obviously, you know, denial of a clear goal scoring opportunity is a useful rule to have. I think if somebody just wipes someone out to stop them scoring a goal, that should be a red card if they're in. Which he did, and but, the argument was. I mean, Jamie Carragher's argument was, how do you know that Isak was going to get a goal through an opportunity? Yeah, to which Shea Given pointed out that he didn't get a chance to get one because he got clobbered. So, yeah. you, and, and that's the thing, you do have to look at it like that. Like, Isak, well, come on, if everyone, you, you use your eyes. It, it just Isak was like intent should be taken into account there. 
Because yeah. Van Dijk's not trying to go through and stop him getting the goal. He's trying to get the ball. If a player rugby tackles someone to the floor as they're running in on goal, that should be given a yeah. red card. But if it's just, you know, an accident, really, I think intent should play more of a role. I think I get, though, that is really difficult to try and yeah. work out a player's intent. But I think you can still have a good idea of whether that is. I think Van Dyke but... ran the risk and he, 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 yeah. he did foul him. And I think the, the referee would have known his head. If I give this foul, I've got to send him off. Based on the rules, it's a red card. Yeah. That, that's the thing. It, it, based on the rules, it's a red card. The debate is more whether the rules should be that that's a red card. Because for me, if, if you just ignore... I, I, if I saw that happen in a Saturday game, one of your matches, if you do that yeah. to someone, I don't think the ref awards a no, red card. No. I don't think he's going off your game. He probably doesn't even off, give a yellow. He goes, there's a free kick, don't do it again. I just think that you know these, some of these rules just don't make any sense. Why should that be a red card? There's no violent yeah. conduct there. There's no I, risk of like, I feel like massive he's injury. Denial of a goal because to be fair, you know Isak wasn't in a goal scoring opportunity because he didn't. He wasn't allowed to get past that. That's probably so grey area. Yeah. He wasn't in a goal scoring opportunity. Cause he didn't get past. He get wasn't past Van Dyke, but he couldn't get past Van Dyke because Van Dyke took him out. You know, you could argue that maybe, you know, desire of a goal opportunity is if, def- if they're ahead of the defender and the defender comes from behind them and wipes them out. That's thing, there's so many different interpretations you could take of it. But then even then, you could be running a defender, skip past him, like knock the ball past him, yeah. trying to skip past him, and then he just kicks <laughs> Yeah. But I, I don't know. It's such a difficult one to do. Smarter people than us need to sort out the rules and try yeah. and make sense of them because there's just so much but ambiguity. Also, I feel like they need to sit down with the referees and make the rules while they're there as well. There's no yeah. point in Howard Webb handing out these rule sheets to referees, and they're like, because like they're I think some of the referees. I mean, the problem is you've got a, it's a strange mix in our referees in the Premier League because you've got some that have been here for over a decade, and obviously that the the way the rules have changed since they were refereeing, no wonder they're still confused yeah. by these rules. Because back in the day, it was unless you've gone and, and you know st- studied someone. <laughs> if thigh, the other bloke's still alive, yeah. it's a fine tackle. Yeah, but. It's it's so interesting to me because I often hear the phrase, you know, football is the most simple sport. You can have as many or as little people as you want. You All you need is a football. Yeah. You don't even need goals. Just jumpers will do. It's the most simple sport to play. Yet the Premier League rules, massively overcomplicating things. It feels like it could be so much simpler. I'm not saying, you know, allow all tackles. I want to see people studying it, flying into people. Let's just spin off rules. Let's put jumpers down at goalposts and make it really ambiguous as to whether it's gone in or not. But it just feels like one of the world's most simple games has been completely Mm. ruined by these rules. I think the frustrating part as Premier League fans comes when we see the rest of the world get it so right. Yeah, you know the international competitions where it has been swift and easy and no control. Yeah, both the men's and women's yeah. World Cups, fantastic yeah. officiating across the board. Europe, Even when Anthony Taylor was refereeing yeah. in the one in the World Cup. Well, so well, that's the other thing. Like the and I know obviously the, hey, the English referees can be incompetent. Look at Anthony Taylor in the Europa League final. He had a howl. He had absolute. Howl. He should have more to protect some of those. Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho waited for him in a bus and the. Oh, sorry, yeah, no, yeah. I was saying conversation final, yeah. but it wasn't him, was it? Yeah. But, like, okay, he got that one wrong. But, so that is from, yes, the Reverend League referees are they, but you look at, like, Mike Oliver, when he goes over and does it. Well, I was going to say, I don't think Taylor's game. the greatest example. No. I've never seen him ref a good game. That's, and that's the problem. That's where the problem, like, with the officiating is sometimes it's the referee is rubbish, 
especially you. But then you've got yeah. the new referees who are coming through, who are you know learning the rules and they're doing an all right job. Yeah, but the because technology they're, they're, they're not arrogant and they're no. not just they don't think they're the shit. Taylor seems to hold this demeanour of I am the best referee. I am, I'm he, in he, charge. He wakes up in the morning, looks in the mirror, and goes, I am Anthony Taylor, yeah. and like go puts on his referee clothes and gets love a group of that power, doesn't yeah. he? Just loves it. But he probably like sent like when yeah. he gets sends his kids to bed, he shows them a red card and they're off they go. He just loves it. He's having a great time. He's just constantly referee. <laughs> But like, you know, um, who was it? Tim Robinson, who, you know, new referee to the Premier League this year. He, yeah. you know, came from the championship last year, did an all right job in his first game this season. Can't remember which game he did, but, you know, no one's talked about him doing a terrible job. No. You know, and I was like, he's done all right because, you know, these new rules, I think he's coming to the Premier League and learned the new rules straight away. I do think, though, while we are slating refereeing, there is something to be said that is a little harsh, I think. Because yeah. nine out of ten times, the refs do do a good job. We only ever talk about a referee if they do a shit job. Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, there are some games where we've actually sat here and got to the 70 point of a game and gone, uh, do you know what? Refs done a decent I, job. I, I say nine out of ten, but this weekend we had two yeah, bad referee yeah. performances. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> Should we talk about uh, one last sort of yes, debate? Trent Alexander-Arnold, should he have been sent off in the eighth minute? I mean, again, by the letter of the law, the second foul was a yellow card. He should have seen two yellows and been sent off. I, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think if you look at that, if you ignore... Let's not... We'll talk about the first foul in a minute. Talk about the second foul. He's on a yellow card, no intent to play the ball, just shove scored and over. I think that's quite clearly I a yellow he, card. He's, he's on a booking and, you know, Gordon has... He has yards to run. He has space to run into, so it's not like he's going to run out of road or run out of pitch. And he brings him down. He stops the... Because that... Because Gordon had space in front of him, he's stopped mm. the attack. And if someone does that, if someone stops a counter-attack from a corner, you know, we see it all the time, when the player's running through, you know, they get to about the halfway line and, like, the CDM just comes through and trips them up, yeah. they get booked for it. It's a second yellow. In it's, that situation, it is, it's at the very yellow. least, it's very clumsy to be doing that yeah. on a yellow card. On that first one, though, it's another one where, was it a yellow? Really? Firstly, the ref didn't give the foul on Trent from Gordon, right? That then left yeah. led Trent led to Trent being off the pitch, and secondly, he didn't even throw it like away from it. He threw it onto the field of play. Okay. And, and Why is that yeah, being given up? It's yeah, a new cards. role where descent and all this is going to be clamped down on. But what descent actually benefits what, getting the game going? What time did he waste? Yeah, he gave he gave, he gave the ball back to Gordon <laughs> to throw it. It was a weird one. I think the other thing as well for me is we need to get rid of this. Like, I can understand why it is here, because if someone gets sent off in the second minute, it could ruin the game. But I think we have to get rid of this kind of thing where, oh, we're 30 seconds in, we'll let, you know, let him off a little bit. If someone makes a bad tackling 30 seconds in, give them a card. Or, you know, if it's, a, if it's really bad, send them off. Yeah. You know, I, I don't like this whole... There seems there is a bit of a thing sometimes where, oh, we're only three minutes in, so the referee doesn't book him. But when he gets to the 30th minute, he'll then book him. It's like um, Taylor, again, here we go, Anthony Taylor... Canate every time Canate in the Chelsea game he took 70 minutes to book him because he just you know he just didn't book him for any other you know Canate gets away with so much I don't know how I don't know how he does it he just makes I I think it's the way he fouls players he just leaves it he puts it all always in that grey area where is it physicality has he just clarted someone for a laugh big referees would deem it as physicality Whereas if someone like you know Anthony Gordon clobbers into someone, they're gonna go, well, he's tiny. It's the fact that he gets away with like five or six fouls before he gets yeah. anywhere near a yellow card. Oh, scary! Uh, probably. 
He's, he loves the power, but, but he, he couldn't then, back himself in a fight, I know, could he? Yeah, it's, so. you know, it's harsh to count on referees because it is a mix of them slash the technology slash the people. But I'm fed up with all these apologies. I don't want a written letter from Howard where my team's been caught Jonathan three Marks. Jonathan Moss calling up um, yeah. Gary O'Neill saying, sorry, mate, they got that one wrong. Oh, well, you just cost us. And they don't, they don't, the ref don't seem to realise how much football matters. Yeah. To to players at the club, to the managers, to the people who work at the club every day, to the fans who attend every single game, to the people who just watch it on this, TV, to the people like, that tune to TFC Live yeah. every weekend because they're but, brilliant football. Wolves, right? So they get relegated yeah. this year. You're telling me at the end of the season, Gary, like, that's all right. I've got a voicemail from John Moss here, but, so I think that makes me feel better. Even a couple of years ago, when Ojan Nealand, right? Was like when he literally took the ball in his own net. Oh, and I have turned on. Oh, sorry, guys, I've got to turn it on. That's all right then. Yeah, we'll I think that, that, was like the that was a like a few. That was the first era in technology we'd have in football for a long time. Because yeah, like uh, yeah, a few years before that, when they bought in goal line technology, it was really good and it worked. Yeah, and everyone loved it. And, and yeah, that was the kind of punt. also. Why is it a system that you have to remember to turn on? Just leave it on. Why do we turn yeah. it off? <laughs> what was that? Yeah, that was a weird run. Anyway, shall we talk about some other leagues? Yeah, I was. That's that's it for refs. Now we're back in a couple of weeks with another conversation when Anthony Taylor's sent off someone for tickling him. Sent off manager. Yeah. Do you know what he'll do? I'll tell. It will happen. A coach or assistant or manager will get sent off due to the new rule of probably Jason Tindall, but having more than three people in the centre. Oh, on that. Did you see Jason Tindall shooting Jurgen Klopp? I, I'm so glad he lost now. Like, I was like, how did that, That's away? one. That's a mental thing to happen too. It's not even the best part of the of the whole situation. <laughs> so Tindall shush Klopp. Then this guy on Twitter, we'll shout him out. I think it's, I think it's Lou Visuals. Anyway, great guy. He edited a photo of Klopp to be shushing back. And this has done the rounds. He, so it's not even a real photo. It's been used on the front of the Telegraph. It's been used by all major, oh all major like football pages and stuff. And he's got his little, he's, he's put his name on the shirt of the guy behind Klopp. So obviously anyone that uses it doesn't check the whole photo and yeah. has it still in there. But it's sensational. That's the type of shit house we can all get yeah, behind because now every major, every major and not and minor sort of media yeah. corporation now looks like a complete tool. Just copying whatever they can from Twitter. But yeah, I thought that was really, really good. Overall, Jason Tindall's an absolute idiot. <laughs> like, yes. I don't get how he how like him. He, he just gives, he just, he just seems like such an idiot. He just seems like a twat. It's, he's just has such main character syndrome. He's always front and centre. It's like, always about I, I him. Bet, I mean, I've never seen him walk out, but I bet he walks out last. Like, I think he's like, you know, Ted Lasso. No, he'll he's be like, like, that be. No, it's a first oh, one. Yeah. And he walks out and he takes it all up. He, yeah, he's in there like they're all clapping for me. No, they're not, you tall. They're clapping for the players that are walking out beside you. That is Superman pose. He's <laughs> loving But yeah. Right, other leagues. Shall we talk about the Bundesliga? Because it's already over. over. Bayern Munich oh, have won it. Congratulations, Bayern 23-24 Bundesliga champions. That's now 11 consecutive seasons. Well done. Why do we say this? Well, it's because Dortmund are crap. <laughs> this weekend, Dortmund drew one up with VFL Bochum, which is very impressive. Very impressive from uh, Dortmund. So they're probably not going to challenge Bayern because they're already two points behind now. So unless they bottle up the last season, Dortmund have no chance. Bayern look really good because they've got Harry Kane. They do. And Tuchel's actually set it in. Someone other than Dortmund challenge Bayern, do you think? 
Um, because there's a couple sides of the Bundesliga. Well, they win until January, and then and then and then Bayern go buy their best player. Probably could be an issue. Yeah, but. Mainly, I would say Union currently top of the league. I don't really see them as title challengers. No, they they, they are. Yeah, they still did well. They got Champions League football. They got Champions League as well, though this year to contend with as a packed schedule yeah. for a team that isn't like what I'd call world. But they have had some real talent, haven't yeah. they? I mean, Brendan Aronson's a fantastic pickup. They've got David yeah. Ashraf on loan. I think once he's back from injury, he will tear up the league. Kevin Volland. Yeah, exactly. Robin Gosens as well. That is a he was really, really good brilliant. That's a really good pickup. So for me, Union could definitely do bits this year. I just don't think they'll be right at that sharp end. Another team that I've been really impressed with, Bayer Leverkusen. They play some beautiful, beautiful football. Watching some of their some of their games recently, watching their highlights, they've been playing some really nice stuff. I think the manager Xabi Alonso is whoever thought Xabi Alonso should yeah. be a bad manager. But yeah, looking at some of their players, they've they've got such a good squad. They've just added Granit Xhaka, of course. I think Florian Vert's one of the most exciting young players in the world right now. January in the top of the league, buying a few. Oh, we'll take Verts for eighty million. They've obviously just signed Nathan Teller as well, which I think is a great bit of business. That's such a smart bit of business. They just and obviously Victor Boniface as well, who joined from Union Saint Gilois, who obviously shocked everyone last year by winning the the Winter Belgian Premier League. Yeah, but they've also they got far in the Europa League. Yeah. And they lost to Union, because Union versus Union. Yeah, it was Union Derby. Union Derby. Yeah, looking at last season, who knows? This system's so oh, weird. Genk won it, Ghent won it, and Royal Antwerp won it. There we go. <laughs> They're not in either of those. Yeah, they came third oh, in the yeah. playoff champions, dot, dot, dot. So, not a clue. But they did go far in the Europa League. Yeah. But yeah, so they've got a really good squad. I just don't... Are they able to challenge Bayern? If Bayern have as bad a season they did last season, anyone could win the but league. it's going to take Leverkusen to do... Pa- the problem is, though, Leverkusen will then go lose to Dortmund and then drop yeah. points by Dortmund. Dortmund are only two points off. You never mm. know what could happen. I actually think as well, Leipzig. I'd be, I'd be like... Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people write them off because they lost to Leverkusen on the opening day, but they have got a really good team. And I think once they... If, as I say, if Bayern have another poor season... They'll be right there. They've just added Xavi Simons on loan, who I think is a great, great player. Yeah. They've obviously got Louis Appender now. He's a great player. Um, Fabio Carvalho as well. Danny Olmo's still there. It's a really good squad. Yeah. If they can keep... And obviously, it's Patrick Schick has only just joined. Oh, no, sorry, not Patrick Schick. Uh, Benjamin Sheshko. Yeah. Same he is good. Name, know, yeah. Especially play FM. You know exactly how good he is. Exactly. So if he can hit the ground running, very exciting attack there. But... Either way, I think it's going to be... I hope it's going to be interesting in the Bundesliga this season. I just worry that Bayern now, they've got... They've got Tuchel. He's been there a couple of months. He knows what he's doing. They've got Kane, who's looked immense so far. Yeah. But it's just like... Even it's the a bit of a worry, cap, isn't it? Even if Dortmund win it, like they did last year, they'll probably just go lose to Colum- I, I I worry that last year was Dortmund's best chance. And they threw it away yeah. on the final day by losing to Cologne. Yeah. It is, it is a bit of a worry, I think, Bayern, Bayern look. But this rate, Kane's going to score 47 goals, and Bayern are going to win it by 10 points. Oh, yeah, he's already on... Let's have a look. Three goals in the Bundesliga. From two games. From two matches. And no real signs of slowing down. And this However, Bayern, next up, Gladbach away, then Leverkusen at home. That Leverkusen game, 15th of September, is going to be an interesting one. 
if they win both, we'll be sitting sitting here in a couple of weeks going, Bayern have definitely won the Bundesliga. <laughs> if they lose both, it'll be Bayern for possibly not uh, won And then the they've got Leipzig at the end of September. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Dortmund not until November, so they might have already won the league by then. Yeah. But <laughs> either way, it's like, a bit of an Anthony Modest. Yeah. I know obviously Modest doesn't start, but he's still employed. So. He is. Uh, it's, yeah. And he's gone now. Is he? I thought I thought he was alone. Oh no. I thought he was alone to buy. I don't think they'd have bought him. Oh. He's unemployed. He doesn't have a job. Oh, I miss Anthony. He, was pretty, he scored the winner, didn't he? He came off the bench, scored the winner. It's a classic. We mental. Well, Modest, if you're looking for a job, we'll pay you £2.50 to come on our show. I don't know if you can speak English. Twix. Yeah, Twix as well. Yeah, if he wants one. But anyway, final sort of thing before we go on to FPL then. Shall we talk about La Liga? And more interestingly, mm-hmm. the Barcelona game that happened at the time of recording on well, Sunday evening. Uh, by the time of recording, it's the next day. But by Wednesday, it'll be a couple of days. Anyway, the, the Villarreal-Barcelona game, but Villarreal 3, Barcelona 4. What a match. It was a really exciting game. Yeah. We mainly want to talk about this for one man in particular. I say man, he's a child. Lamine Yamal, 16 years of age, yet he looks so comfortable he is a child. at this level. He is a child. He legally is a child. That's he's met and he's playing for Barcelona. Thing while he's sat here talking about him. Yeah. He's... He can't even drive to training. No. Let's get the bus. Unless the driving, you can up, drive right? earlier. I don't know. Or someone. He probably gets a limo, mate. Yeah, so. But anyway, he's a really exciting player. He looks so he good. He was very game. He should have scored really. Right, yeah, the, the Lewandowski winner that he yeah. was the Lamar shot coming off the post. So he's a really exciting player. I mean, once again, La Masia has produced yeah. another fantastic talent. I mean, him, him, link, you know, assisting Gavi was pretty cool. Yeah, for the, for great the ball in. Obviously, Gavi not a La Masia product, but... Is he not? No, no. bought from... Well, the commentator lied to me then. Did he? Yeah. Maybe Gavi did come through the academy. But I know Pedri definitely didn't. He was at Las Palmas. Gavi, I know Gavi did come through La Masia. Fair enough. But yeah, either way, Yamal looks incredibly exciting, given the fact he is literally 16. Imagine what he's going to be. Insanity. Do you know one man I, I think just fall off the face of the earth? Who? Anzu Fatty. Yeah, well, he? he had a ACL injury or something, or maybe yeah. a metatarsal or something he, like he that. He did well for a few, he had a really nice, he played really well, didn't he? Then he got injured, Yeah. and then no one, he's, no one really... Well, he made, those, last season, so his first season made 24 appearances, then the second yeah. season was really, really away injury, got seven well, appearances. So everyone saw the first season and no one watched him. Things, ten the second season, uh, ten the season after that, and then 36 in the season just gone. Really? Only 12 of which were starts. I was going to say. Well, I seen seven goals, game. three assists as well. But, yes, yeah, so not the most stunning numbers. The problem it's is, a, a, lot of, a lot of Ansu Fati's game was his explosiveness. Yeah. His ability to pick up the ball and just... Sprinter people. The problem is he's lost that explosiveness now because yeah. of that injury. And that sort of left him in a weird spot. Sort of like Leroy Sane. Sane obviously was sensational at, at City as being this really explosive winger, but didn't really fit what Pep wanted from a winger. Now he's exactly what Pep wants from a winger. Someone yeah. that's much more calm in possession, but can pick up the passes, those little flicks, those little balls in behind, stuff like that. In fact, he's got to change his game completely. Mm. And I don't know if he can do that at Barcelona. No. We'll, we'll see. I saw Aston Villa won him at one point. He is a good player. He's a good player. So maybe they don't need him. But yeah. And, well, Barcelona looked really good. Yamal looked really good. 
They did they did go two nil. They were two nil up VAR, so then it was three yeah. two Villarreal, but they did do well to bring it back. It does mean that they are sat in four seven points in three games. Only Madrid, Real Madrid, have a perfect record. Be interesting how close Madrid are because last year Barca waltzed it. Yeah. Be interesting how close Madrid are. Obviously, Barca were knocked out of Europe, so they didn't have as much yeah. congestion towards the end of the season. Real got to the semi, so they had a lot more congestion. I don't know. Um, but Girona, Girona have also looked very good. Seven points from their opening well, three games. True of Sociedad, but then batters Hetafe and beat Sevilla. So. They look quite Honestly, decent. How? I don't understand. Next, next few th- games, Las Palmas, Granada, Mallorca, if they can win them, Hirona yeah. put themselves in a great spot before Villarreal. I Real honestly, I do not understand Sevilla. Well, they're bottom of the league. They haven't got, got a point yet. They gave City a re- They've won the early. They, gave, they pushed City in the Super Cup. Yeah. They pushed City all the way. So why can they never do anything in the league? They've lost to Valencia, Deportivo, Alaves and Girona, all by one goal margins. 2-1, four, three, 2 one. No. <laughs> I don't know. You drew to Man City across 120 minutes. Like, just looking through their squads, they've got Oshan Nieland. Really That's probably good. the problem. Navas, Gidelia, Acuna, Gatoni, Nianzu, Bade, Rakitic, Suso... Juan Jordan, Gibrusso, Gomez, Lamea, Corona, Campos, Yanazai, Adrissi, Luca Bacchio, and Naziri, Rafa Mihi. Yeah, I'm, I'm baffled how they're doing so badly. Yeah, I don't know. Because clearly, man, they don't win games. Well, he's a bit of a. meh. He is a meh. Joined in March to save him from relegation. Ho- but he, he's beaten Jose Mourinho. Nah, Taylor helped. And drawn against Pep Guardiola for 120 minutes. But he can't beat Deportivo Alavés on the road, can yeah. he? Yeah. Maybe he's not very good in Spain. Maybe they're really good when they're away from Spain. Yeah. But anyway, we have we've got to the end of this episode. Shall we talk about Fantasy Premier League? Because no, you, can't tell me. <laughs> you've not had such a great week. No. I've had quite a successful week, I would say. But the, the average was quite low this week because oh, it's still lower. <laughs> yeah. The average was quite low this week because nobody really did anything. Like Arsenal were crap, United were crap. The Fernandes actually did well for change. City decided to just rotate their entire side yeah. and nobody had any players there. Brighton didn't do anything. So it's a bit of a weird one. I still scored 61 points, though, which I'm very, very happy with. I had some some difficult players. I used my bench boost, which I, did, I think I spoke about last week potentially doing. Ultimately, that didn't really need... I just shouldn't have done that in the end, really, because I had three players in my... I saw two players in my team score zero points. But... Either way, it helped out because I had Destiny Udigy on my bench. A lovely 12 points from him. And then one from Jao Pedro, two from Johnson. In my team, I had Nick Jackson, seven points. Very decent. I captained Haaland. Ultimately, I was not I was never mm. going to not cap, you know, not captain Haaland this week. He played Sheffield United. He should have scored more than once. So a bit disappointing and there. Yeah, there's a good... I think it's such a good opportunity there that if I had gone for someone else, yeah. big differential would have gained a lot of points. Uh, but you couldn't risk not having Haaland captained. One from Eatima, one from Superman, one from Saliba, none from Onana, none from Richardson, two from Martinelli. Not great. But then four from Foden, eight from Saka, 14 from Malo Gusto. So those differentials, those smart little picks, the Gustos, the Udigis, really helped me out this week. Yeah, well, the average is 44. I think that's 42. Not a great yeah. week. I mean, again, Harlan, Captain Dossie, Saka picked me up big eight, phone count for the bench to get four. Uh, most, you know, I picked up big 
a big six points from both Chilwell and Thiago Silva. That's pretty decent, yeah. But again, I got I got screwed by the fact that Brentford decided to blank with Mbwemo and Vissa doing that. Also, you brought in Silva this week, right? Yeah. Probably should have gone Gusto. Yeah, I know, but never mind. Uh, or even... Did Disaster? No, Disaster didn't get seven no. in the end. He was on for bonuses, but then Jackson but scored. Yeah, it's a story. Not playing the right players. I benched Arrow earlier on five when I had Pickford on two. Then Watkins on five, who could have come in for Meetamer, who got one, or Odegaard, you know, all the players that blanked. So again, a bit, a few yeah. lost points on the bench there, but you know, two off average is not brilliant. TFC League, where are you now? Well, I was absolutely flying. I'm now down to fifty. I say you were top ten after Friday I was night's top game. 10 after Friday night's game, I am. I'm now into the top one hundred, which is where I want to be yeah. this year. Ninety uh, seventh in the football chat league. Things you love to see. But yeah, not too bad. Shall we talk about who's top of the game? Because there is a change for top Ooh. spot. You could be searching for yes, a, a, a big point score. But Oladayo Amoji, Amoju, I believe. Apologies if I've mispronounced your name there. Uh, the team Deo Ferguson at uh, top of the league. 62 points scored this week, so one more than I did. Captain Harland had Watkins bench boost with Matty Cash oh, on his bench. That's what you want, isn't it? Bruno Fernandes and Saka in the midfield as well. Eight and 12 points respectively. And then six for Pedro Porro. A very good week. Cash, the big differential, should have triple captained him. You know, there was four people that triple captained Matt Cash this week. Why? Who and are they, you? They must have crystal balls, I'm convinced. But yeah, yeah the, the Premier League app said... That's that, crazy. That's not. I'm not seeing any big scores low down the league yet. I feel like if they get a big score, yeah. people jump up I've, near the top. I've, I've found they? one at uh, number sixtieth. Yeah. Ofe Akwu, managed by Iziruaku David. Nice. With a big seventy-five this week. Uh, had Harlan captained Madison ten, Diaby twelve, Rashford seven, Salah five. Picking up big points defensively though, Cash on seventeen and Udi on twelve. I've found an even higher score. Oh, I've got an eighty-three from Matic J with their team FC Luxia. Ariola and goal five points, two from Robbo, two from Henry, then seventeen from Matty Cash, eight from Saka, twelve from Diaby, twenty-four from Captain Bruno Fernandez, five from Salah, five from Watkins, one from Etima, and two from Alvarez. I have found an 84. Oh, I'm trying to find 85 now. Kubo, managed by Tony Mwawasi Kubo. Big 84 points. Not a single player blanked for them. Ariola, 5. De Sassi, 6. Chilwell, 6. Udidi, 12. Madison, 10. Salah, 5. Saka, 8. Diaby, 12. Jackson seven, Watkins five, and Harlan captains on eight. That's a sort of week you dream about. That it? is a sort of if week. If only they captained someone other than Harlan, yeah. they would have been over a hundred points Captain most likely. And Diaby, you'd have been flying. Yeah, another ten points. Or Udogie, even better. Mm. Not that anyone would in their right mind would captain either of those no. people, really. But over Harlan against Sheffield United. The league start to take shape. Where are the names that we've kind of, yeah, you know, we've had a few icons that um, have. Over the league, most mutant ninja skirt, or is this who I'm thinking of? Down to 26. Also, hang on, where? Main Road FC, 38. Wow, they won it last year. Yeah, I lost them over. They were definitely up. up, Yeah. Josh Barreto as well, I don't see anywhere near the top. So, some of the best players from our league last year, not right up there this year. You'd imagine they'll still be doing decently, but they're not right at the sharp end. And obviously, no. that's where you want to be to get mentioned on the show. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, shall we call it a day there? We 
Should, yes. Okay, good. <laughs> nothing, nothing else to mention. Fantastic. But yeah, if you do want to join the league, it's pretty pointless now. But yeah, yeah I don't know. I think the code's F S T B K A. Okay, B, E. There's a V in there. So, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. F- it's on the F- Instagram if you want to go find it. But yeah, but we're already into game week four now. Difficult really to to You're climb about anywhere. Three hundred points behind. Two hundred and fifty. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm only on two hundred. Oh really? I'm on one hundred eighty nine. I'm thirty fifty Top is on two hundred twenty one. You're not the other two hundred. I mean, I'm on one one hundred eighty three. So. We know catch up. That's the thing. There's fifty places between us six and points. six points. Yeah. So it's still incredibly tight, close really at the minute. Tight, yeah. But anyway, that is everything for today. I hope you guys have enjoyed. On the topic of streaming, then, we are live at the time of posting. We're live tonight for the Champions League game between PSV and Rangers. Should be a really exciting qualification match. Then on Thursday, we are live for the Champions League draw, live from from half past four. Uh, So 30 minutes before the draw starts, we'll be talking all things football. We'll be talking about the draw. And seeing who everyone could yeah. be an hour, could be seventy-seven years. We might, yeah, we might be there all evening. So do get involved. Make sure to join. Should be a good one. We'll probably be live until at least six o'clock, so a good hour and yeah. a half there. Make sure to uh, to join us there. Should be should be really exciting. But yeah, anyway, I think that is everything for today. Thank you. I've got two prime games as well this weekend. Our prime predictions on Friday, so look out for those. We're live on Saturday for Newcastle Brighton and Sunday for Arsenal versus Manchester United. So really exciting games this weekend. Look out for impressions on Friday. That is everything from us today. Thank you guys very, very much for watching and we'll see you next time. See ya.